Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the AFTN podcast, There's Still Time. This is another one of our special round tables and we have a plethora of interesting guests for you this evening. And also my usual co-host, Steve Pander. Hi Michael, how's it going? Good. So we're joined first of all by AFTN writer and international playboy, Jay Duke. Thanks for having me back. Um, you'll know him as SS Slamo on Twitter. Stephen Lamoth. Thank you. Good to be here. And one of the head honchos from Curva Collective, Zachary Meisenheimer. Not a head honcho, just a cog in the wheel. It's good to be back, Mike. Good to have the cog. <laughs> so if you're wanting to kind of differentiate the voices during this, uh, I'm Scottish. Steve's Indian. I sound Indian, totally. Jay's naked. <laughs> Steve's the one with hair. And Zach has the biggest... Let's say beard. Oh, that's it. <laughs> his is bigger than yours. No, beard. No, are, we, no. are we still talking beard? Or? Have you ever seen his beard? Is. Yours is greyer. No, look at this. Oh, look oh, at this. Oh, 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 wow. Steve's extends. Oh. Everybody's, we're now measuring for those at yep. home. I kind of feel oh. inadequate. Mine's ginger. And we all have beards. So yeah. Bad, eh? So... Trying to get a link to do with beards, this could be tricky. <laughs> Talking of things which were hairy. Oh, nice. The Dallas game on Saturday. Let's let's start with that. I know we don't want to, but we're we're here to talk about white caps, so we have to talk about the latest defeat. Who wants to kick off? Yeah, not really. Do we need to talk about it? Yes, we do. Yes, we talk. Do. Like, what happened there? Like, I don't know. The, the what happened? They released a lineup, and everyone went. What the hell is that? And then it played out that way, basically. Well, no, come on. They, the, the lineup. <laughs> no, the lineup. They, the lineup they went with was to me very similar to what they tried to do in Montreal, Montreal away in yeah. the Voyager's Cup. They they went with Nigel at right at right back to um, to to give Lee a break, but also just to provide to provide some steel and to maybe also protect against Michelle, depending on where he was going to play. He ended up playing at left back. But they, and then they went they went more so solid defensively by playing Johnny in that holding role by bringing uh, Mitch and his heading ability into the into the center of the, the back line. They went to to be compact to be solid, which I I think is a respectable way to play on the road. I think uh, in such an important game in a game that we really shouldn't have lost and really in some ways couldn't afford to lose and. I, I was okay with that, and you know, I think, I think they again, not unlike Montreal, which we, you know, was frustrating in some ways, but encouraging in others. I think they played out the game plan for a large part of the game, and that's all fine if if that's what you want to do. And your your game plan is we're going to be stingy, we're going to be tough, we're going to. I don't personally like Rio Coker at at right back just because you've taken your your best midfielder maybe even your best player out of the position which he can can control the game the most but that aside say you do want to give Lee a rest which you'd think you'd leave him at home if you were going to do that but you play him at right back when things aren't going your way you got to start to make a change and I don't know if the changes were the most effective way to do that Camilo and Miller were completely lost up top and uh, I, I'm not the hugest Heinemann fan in the world, but he's been scoring lots of goals in reserves. He scored a goal uh, in their last game when he was subbed on in the last minute. Why not take out a guy who's been absolutely swimming out there in Camilo? Put on Heinemann. You want to put on Lee? Great. I like that idea. Put him at right back and let Nigel go back into the middle so we can turn the ball forward. It, it seemed like... and. Because it was pretty obvious that nobody knew what was going on out there. There was too many guys in new positions. They were lacking chemistry. They were lacking ideas. And the players that they really needed to have a good game and, and turn it around and have that spark like Camilo and Miller didn't. And so because of that, they're completely lost. I, th I think I think the, the Lee substitution made sense to me in the sense of, hey, yeah, we, we are... We have a point here. We're going to stay level on level on points with Dallas ahead of them on wins or whatever. You know, um, I was a little more lost when they, you know, 
I guess not lost, but we, we brought on her Eric E money there at the end to, I guess, just run at them for a little bit or whatever to give them a, a different whatever he does and give them the ball back. Yeah. For me, when I saw the lineup, it made me think of the start of the Alain Rochat uh, Rennie rift in that you're saying, we can't beat a team doing what we do, so we're going to try to do something that we can't do and hope it works out. And when you look at that first riff, and I can't remember third or fourth game when Elaine said we should be going on the road with the exact same format, the exact same play, because we have the talent now. He said in 2011 we didn't, now we do, and we should play our game and dictate the game. That was a game you needed to win. You're falling apart, and you need to win that game. And instead, you say, what we do isn't good enough. So we're going to try something new with eight games left in the season. To me, it's like you've just thrown in the towel, the season's over. And that's the other problem I have with that is I, I've, I've never been a... And I know that it works out successfully a, a lot and you don't mention it. But when you're making defensive substitutions like putting on a right back as your right winger when you don't even have a natural right back as your right back, like you say, Stephen, that's just saying... Okay, hold on, guys. Like, don't go for any more. We're. I, I was of the opinion that we had to win that game, not just not just get a draw, but we actually had to win that game. And and apparently, Rennie did the math and didn't agree and thought that a, a draw would do it. But it just seems like, and maybe you'd only pay attention to it when it happens. But it seems like when you play for a draw, you're gonna lose. When you play for a win, a lot of the time you might get the draw because you were playing for the win. And it just seems like it was too negative in that. And, and the thing is, the thing is, the uh, like to your point about the right putting Lee at right back. I felt like the more, most of the attack from FCLs was coming from the wide side. So why not put the fresh player at right back so you have to? Because on that second goal, Rio Coker was spent and he could not catch up and keep up with. Uh, I think it was Castillo at that point uh, making that run down the right side. So why not put a fresh guy at right back who you saved for this point? And, and have Rio Koga in another position. That was the one thing I thought. Is, is I thought maybe they don't want to put Lee up against Castillo. Like, that was the one thing I thought when he came Well, up. Rio Coker has not I had know, any I, kind I, of luck against... Well, Jackson earlier. better than a player. Jackson though. in the first half, when Rio Coker was supposedly fresh, yeah. was running all over him and everything like that. So, yeah. it wasn't having any luck at that point either. Why not put a guy that's naturally a right back in that position to fix it? You had six defenders on the pitch at one point. And we still lost 3-1. Now, whether they're playing in the wrong positions or what during the game, you still can't have six defenders on the pitch and lose. It was always a team that if we went behind, we were never coming back. No. And, and eight central players. Yeah. Uh, the midfield, like they gave the wings up. It was clear for everyone to see. And like when Stephen says, when you see the lineup, you're thinking, yep, I see how that's going to play out. And, and it did. The, the early goal was a shocker. Yeah. Beautiful goal. Lovely work. Um, for all the the slagging I've given Kobayashi, he was brilliant on that goal because he ran in from the wing and he worked really hard. And we haven't seen that. We just haven't seen that Kobayashi for, for months. But the way it looked like to me was Rennie was at a really low point after we went out the Voyager's Cup. And he kind of made, I don't want to say panic, but he made some alterations to the team against New York played Rio Coker at right back. Um, I think that he played him at right back and that was the Clizuro. No, that was Clizuro. was at right back. Great with him, yeah. Um, so he made yeah. some changes for that. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's quickly forget <laughs> Whatever happened to him. Um, and it, this was like the same. It's like he thought, right, I need to do something because we're, we're my job's on the line here. I'm going to think out the box. And then if it doesn't win, if it doesn't work, I can say, well, I tried something and it didn't work. And puts his hands up to that. Except he didn't. After the game, he said it was a really good performance. And then today, he's speaking to the media. And this is today as in Tuesday. And he's gone flip-flop on that completely. And he's, he's like, no, it was one of the worst performances any team of mine's done. How can the players, fans, media, anyone respect a manager that flip-flops like that? 
Yeah, see, well, that's the thing. And this, like, if we go all the way back then to teeter and talking about, like, you know, uh, not being flexible and whatnot. It was consistency, right? It's personality. So the fans get on that. Oh, he's too rigid and blah, 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 right? So then when you go away from that, you know, the opposite is is what, right? I mean, you have to you have to have a personality as a team and you have to have consistency as a team. And that has to stem from the top right on down, right? And you're right, coming out after that game and saying, like, it was like, what was he watching? Yeah. Like, if that score was, if you didn't see all the goals and you were just coming in and out of that game and you missed all the goals and somebody said, what do you think the score was? He would have said 3 nothing or 4 nothing, right? It wasn't really a close match no. when you break it down and look at now, it. Now, on that, on that point that he, he flip-flopped, right? The, to, obviously, to today. Is he watching the game? Is he like is he, or is he too emotionally invested in the game? Is he like uh, is he yeah? Is he able to make adjustments? Because it seems like he's not able to if he's saying that they played all right and today this giveaway. He's always saying after the match, I have to watch the tape in order to see how we played. Shouldn't you know how we played during the match and then figure out and be able to give it or is he because he knows another thing is another reason he might have done that is is he trying to protect the brand of the white caps when most people are listening to it to probably kind of calm it down and then today in a to weber i don't even know if it's a media scrum or not but to weber he goes oh this was the worst game ever what's he trying to do there like that's the big question of what is he but so i think i think there's there can be a legitimate thing to that like i think in general at the one one i won one i think they were in general they would have been okay with that road performance I know you're. I know what you're thinking, Jay, and I respect that and stuff. I think, and, and I, you know what? I went to the game same as you. Like, we need to win this. And then when we, the game went on, it was one one. I was kind of like, okay, if it just stays this way, yeah. we're actually maybe okay. I got it at taking a draw. So, but here's the thing about about this reaction and stuff. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the the, the your initial reaction always needs to be in, in general. I think more positive. And I think up until then, I think you felt like our performance wasn't terrible. Like we were almost there. So for the last 10 minutes or whatever, or five minutes or whatever. So I think he was saying, you know, in general, the performance was good. I think he's gone back and watched it and, and, and said, okay, yeah, I've, I've, I've looked at it more closely and I, I don't agree with it. And to, to be fair, like with public speaking, <laughs> sometimes this is what you do. Like on the day you speak, you say, uh, hey, Michael, your speech you gave today, it was good, man. Thanks. It was awesome. I really appreciated that. If I see Michael later in the week or Mike and I are colleagues, I'm going to go to Mike and say, Mike, you know what? Can we talk about your speech? And can I give you some, some more feedback on your speech? Here are some things you did really well. Here are some things I thought maybe could you know be improved on. Here are some other things you did really well. But and I, I would nod and smack in the face. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I, so I know you're going to say they're, they're kind of drastic polar opposites, but... That, that, that's my own. That's my only thing because I, I saw the, the tweet today from Weaver and I was like, "That does. That sounds like the opposite of what what I heard post match." But and, and knowing for Rennie what he is is the spin master of like yeah. trying to throw this positive energy everywhere all the time to keep people's moods up and stuff. That that's why the the whole like oh actually I think we played pretty well tonight like like because if you took it at the eighty fifth minute and you said. Well, we hung in there, you know, like we, we gave away a few chances, but our center backs came in when they needed to come in, Andy O'Brien with a couple, you know, last ditch things. And, you know, we took one really good goal. We did all right today. So if that's what he's saying after the game, okay, I'll buy that. I might not necessarily believe that as a, as a, as a pundit or as a fan, but I'll, I'll buy it. But then to, to come out, if he had come out today and said, yeah, you know, we were really close. But there's a few things that we really need to get right for the stretch drive because it's just not good enough. I would have said right on, perfect. I, I, I had no problem with that. But he he spun it and he blamed the the players. It sounded like to me that like he said this is one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Not one of the best worst performances that I I've ever had or anything like that. He spun it and it sounded like he's accusing the team. Maybe that's a tactic that he's trying to use the media as a tool to get to the guys to light a fire, but that hasn't been his demo before. Yeah, and the thing is, the question is, is do the players, would the players, because you know how you're saying he shows so much positivity, 
do the do you think the players tune him out because they're going after the game? If he's being this positive, what game is he watching? We play yeah. like shit. <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean, if if you clearly if I fail miserably, you know, don't come to me and pretend I didn't. I know I'm I'm a man, you know, I'm an adult. I know I played poorly. The guys on the field have to know that that just, you know, whatever reason, we're just not good enough today, right? They know that. So saying like, we were that close or whatever, you can say, yeah, I agree. So, you can say, we hung in, we did our best, we almost pulled off a point. Sure, you did all those things, but don't pretend you played So here's, here's the context to it, okay. So the Weaver, the follow-up tweet was, it was like giveaway, 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 giveaway. We went through the video and even the players were shocked how bad it was. That's the follow-up right after the... Hi, like, I mean, but but was it Randy watching the game? The, yeah, the, that's I mean, the point. Was it Randy watching the game? Shocked? Because as Stephen says, the players are going to know during the game that they didn't play well. For me, though, of all the tweets that Mark Weber sent out today, it was the one where he basically said that, in his mind, Rennie has protected the players, but now that he's kind of in the hot spot, he's kind of turning on the players. So his shield's come down and he's, de- he's defending himself. And leaving the players out to yeah, you to know, be if I could be completely honest, at that moment it was like what my thought was was that last night or right after the game, someone took him aside and said, "You got seven games to save your job," and then he was that changed his. That was my initial thought, yeah. right? and I have no obviously no information, or, but that's what I thought. Or or I wouldn't know that as an option. Or there are other things that that um, making these kind of comments will pave the way for. Oh, like. Well, you never know. Dun, 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 dun. We'll, we'll leave that one hanging. So you're saying that it might lead to something. Maybe this leads to a goalkeeping change in net for the Whitecaps because Usted has, you know, you can't really blame all the goals on him, but there are points where he could have stopped something. Um, what do you guys think of that? Where do you think, uh, who do you think starts in San Jose? Well, I think there's two things. First, if you look at the overall picture and you look at Portland and Colorado, and well, those are the two that come right to mind because I can think of 10 saves in each of those two teams that lead to points, right? And you look at our whole year, and I can think of the Usted's first home game, and Knighton had that in Seattle, yeah, right? So we've got, basically, we've got, say, four points from our keepers, right? And... And all these teams we're chasing have 12, 14 points you could legitimately say, especially Portland. Portland should be in ninth place without Ricketts. Like, you switch our keepers, and I'm sure Portland's, you know, bottling with, uh, battling with Chivas. So I think we're probably going to see a change because why not, right? That's kind of where we're at in the season, and that's what the lineup last week showed, right? Sure, we'll throw stuff out there and hope for the best. And honestly, I think that's where we're at in this season is hoping for the best. Well, Rennie has said in the past that he's like when, when he was talking about Knight, Knight is going to keep playing until he keep, until he stops winning. And obviously, Usa is not winning right now, so why not make that change is, at this point? I just heard something out that SS in your thing. I'm super sunny Slamo. Yeah, yeah. Like super positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm like super excited. No, it's just because Slamo was taken. I don't know who <laughs> taken. It's my name, right? I I mean, how can you take my name Slamo. and use that? Totally You're so pessimistic, but I, but I, there's a lot no, of no, no. Well, it's I'm uh, optimistic in that I think there's going to be change next year that uh, will be a positive change. I think this year, like you know, it's it's I just can't see it happening. I don't think there's any question though that like next year, the first game of the year will probably be Usted playing in net uh, next year. Yeah, you don't think that they like they they went out and they picked this guy and they brought him in early. Because they want to keep him, right? They want this guy to play. He's gonna. And you say he's not gonna be starting. No, he will be. Oh, he will be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. That game one next year. Yeah. Usted's gonna be unless something crazy happens. Somebody wants to buy him or something ridiculous. Yeah. He's gonna be playing here next year, but it is the end of the season. We got virtually no chances left. Why not toss it to? Because in the in the grand scheme of things, he hasn't really done anything wrong. But he hasn't really actually done anything it's right like either. Big C. Yeah, it, all of them are like, yeah, well, you know, he could have done better. Yeah. And, you, and you just hope one of those three goals he makes a save on and it's 2-1 and we can 
push like mad for the last five minutes. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, hang on, hang on. That's it. The f- okay, you the, can't talk about the third goal in the Dallas third game. goal doesn't happen if the second goal doesn't go exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. He, we're, we're, we need, we need yards. Out yeah, from that. that that like no, you can't blame that on him at all. Like that's yeah. every keeper needs to be doing that when a- your team. Anyone who says that Knighton would have saved that. That's the flaw with Knighton. Is yeah, he would have saved it because he would have been standing on his goal line, right? So he would have saved it because he wouldn't have been involved in the play, and that's a flaw with him, right? He's got the I don't know who did the distribution stats that uh, was it Bob? I don't know who did it, but anyway, about how Knighton's distribution was like forty percent or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, anybody can see that during the game. Yeah, him. But the thing is about him is he got the ball up the field, which Cannon couldn't do either. Yeah. So Cannon would give away the ball in their own zone, while Knight and Elise would give it away in the opposition zone. Yeah. Here's, here's the I thing. agree with what you're saying. All, all, all I'm saying is that he hasn't he hasn't played himself in the same. Well, man, that was certainly worth the money. I'm glad we got rid of Rochat for him. Mm-hmm. So if if this all isn't working, if this all isn't working, why not put 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 Knight in? Put Cannon in. I don't I don't care. Put Put anybody in. Put Karachi in for all I care. Like, doesn't YP, matter to me. YP Lee. Maybe. Yeah, he sure. Oh, Heidemann probably has our best save this year. Big long time right? back. He played a okay, couple things. Couple. When you talk about uh, Slam, when you talk about those points, you, one of the things when you think about 20, or 2012 season, or 2012 season, you think yeah. all those wins at the beginning of the year, all those Joe, Joe Cannon, Cannon save yeah. the week nominations, yeah. they, were, they were huge for us. Yeah. Like, another thing, what, what, you, what you're talking about is killing me. Um, I think I think too the way, what we're talking about about you you can only get uh, a player from uh, you know Europe or on a on a more if I'll call it normal football calendar at a cert, at this time of year. Yeah, it's tough. And see, the yeah. thing is, I think you know I think we've done the same thing this year as we did last year, and I I don't think you've talked about this yet, Mike, on the podcast. But I, so everyone talks about oh you know going to this year we know we're not going to make big changes we're not going to mess things up. But we did. But in some sense, it feels like we did because it the bring in David Usted, they they moved on Rochat. Regardless of differing perspectives on on team chemistry, on how we should play, that Simon will talk about earlier. Which is the equivalent Rochat. of last year when they brought in well, you could say either Barry Robson or Kenny yeah. Miller for Cumiento. Yeah, the same like uh, yeah. linear or whatever. Exactly. Line, whatever. So. Because when you listen to those things, when you listen to those things, uh, David David Usted said, "Oh, I heard a month ago that my my agent told me a month ago this club is interested." That was right when the cap said we've been dealing with talking to DC for about a month. It was all like it was all around. Anyways, so so we didn't make these big huge changes, but we made one change that lost Rashad, which was a huge impact on the team, which we don't have to totally rehash unless you really want to. Don't worry, Mass is not here. And then, um, and then brought in David Usted, which has caused this turmoil amongst our keepers in some I, sense. I, sorry, but I, I can't. I'm not going to buy this completely. Just because the thing was last year, it wasn't just Kenny Miller in Kumiento out. It was a whole completely different look no, to the team. I'm just making that comparison. Of I know, I know what you're saying, yeah. but what, and I am not supportive of getting rid of Rochat at all for all the reasons that we've talked about. Before. Well, I think it was either one, either move last year and this year. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on all of that, but, but they did a, what they thought. Now they may have, they might've picked the wrong players to send out, come in. But what they've done is tried to keep the same guys in the locker room, the same leadership group. Now, if there was a rift between Rochat and 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 the boss, no, that, that whatever it is, they needed to they they've gotten rid of Rochat. They've kept the core of this team, which was always going to be Nigel Rio Coker. Kenny Miller, those were going to be your, you know, big two guys, and then Andy O'Brien and and Demerit in the back. That was where they were going to be going this year, and they kept those guys together. There can be an argument made to say that they they never really did form any chemistry because they kept messing about with everything. But 
they didn't do the massive changes like they did last year. I, I okay, so they the, didn't do the massive motor changes, but they did unbalance the ship like last year. Okay, so the final word on 2012 will go to Zach. <laughs> 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 this podcast. No, but that, that's the thing. If you're, talk, if you're talking about our goalkeeping situation, I think it's had this massive impact on the team yeah. the way the changes did last year. Sure, it's only one change. We're last saying year, that only because we're bunch. losing, though. We're not saying that because we're because if we were winning, look at all the other teams who have brought in a bunch of uh, different players, new players. They're doing fine, and nobody's complaining about the change in chemistry. On the team, but you're just you're just you know hiding a dirty house with paint, right? I mean, it, what is the, what is the personality of the team? Does anyone know what this team is trying to do? When when we first signed Rennie, and I thought of going in memory, so you know it's not you know stat driven, but thinking Carolina's four three three that nicely flowed into a four five one, and it looked like pretty football, right? It was fun to watch. It was like they could turn offense into offense and defense into defense on a snap. This team is not doing that, right? What is this team trying to do? They don't have creative play, so they're not a creative team. They don't have possession play, so they're not a possession team. What are they? Okay, so why don't we look forward? Okay, so I think we're all in agreement that it looks like Knighton should start. No, I, I'm not Joe, sure. I'd like to see Joe Cannon. Oh, Joe. sorry. There should be... We are all, all in agreement there should be... <laughs> we're all in agreement there should be a change in the goalkeeper. Yes. Oh, 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 Maybe Knighton plays a goalkeeper and Joe plays up top, which I, would help with the scoring plus. I'm not saying there should be a change. I just wouldn't yeah. be surprised. If okay. I, I also don't think it'll be any better, but I, I don't know why not. Like, it doesn't yeah. really matter. So what, what other lineup... Uh, what is the lineup going to look like, like against San Jose? What is the lineup going to look like? One last like thing with goalie. I, I would love to see Joe, especially if either we qualify for the, the cup or we get eliminated from the, like, when it's out of the question. I would love to see Joe get one more game. Well, I, I was going to say that, that we're going we're gonna to kind of cover other stuff in part two of the podcast, but I would like to see Khan start on Saturday. But I would also like to we see if we're, if we're out of it. Yeah. I want him to start the last home game. Yeah. Last game of the season, nothing to play for, starting. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, nice the line of the program could be one last boom. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're oh, talking about. Should play San Jose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the lineup for the next game, and yeah. I think part what, what of having, part of having Leveron play in that defensive mid and you know allows for in San Jose to have Demerit and O'Brien start at your center backs with Leveron in the center mid. Demerit likely go, not gonna start, yeah. yeah. He can drop back. Well, because you are you not going to waste the sub. You're not going to you're not going to bring in Demerit for Leveron. What the hell? I mean, why would but, you do such a move? Today, right? He's but if you have well, if you have Leveron in the defensive mid and Jay at center mid and Jay our center back and Jay plays sixty minutes, Johnny can then move back to center back and you can pull in an offensive player. Right? But I don't think the center backs were the issue in the last game. I mean, how could you drop Mitchell? No, no, really? not at all. No, I wouldn't drop Mitchell at all in that case. I'm really happy for Mitch. Good kid. There, there needs to be changes. I I would drop Camillo because he's just lost form. I know he's the top scorer, but you have to play guys that's in form. Miller's not in that much better form, but Miller does a lot more running than Camillo does. Yeah. And you have to give Heinemann a chance. It's like what Jay was saying. It's like the guy he's been lighting up in the reserves. These, these guys, they've been told all season and last season by Rennie, he will reward like how well they've done in reserve games, how well they've done in training, and he's not sticking true to his word, because if he was doing that, then Heinemann would have been starting. Has Heinemann been great in training? We don't Because reserves that. is one element. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I don't have the connection to their little strap things yeah. they wear. So yeah, but to me, like reserve games are better than training anyway, because they're playing against teams that's not the Whitecaps. No, no, Anyone just... can beat the Whitecaps. Oh, <laughs> it you know, Michael. So, that's one thing to say, and it's another thing to do when your job's on the line, though. Too to reward a guy yeah. who, and like it or not, um, Camilo is the one guy on our team who can just have a lights out performance. I would throw and Kakuda in there. Perhaps Kakuda. Yeah, I don't know. From it, Ty I love back too. I, I love Kakuda too. What you know? Because that's what I was thinking exactly what Jay was saying when Michael was talking is. The thing with Camilo is he could play crap for 89 minutes. It's but he's the only guy in our roster who can score. Yeah. And then I thought, well, Kakuta could do. He's the only other person who could turn something. And actually, especially with a guy like Heinemann in the game, yeah. would be perfect for well, a guy like The thing like is, Kakuda. what I'd like to see is uh, uh, um, is if they do drop Camilo, like you said, 
is put Kakuta, try Kakuta in the middle, not as striker, but behind the striker, as a withdrawn striker, and have Rio Coker and Kofi protecting him. So he's not concerned about playing too defensive, and he has a straight forward at the goal, yeah. attacking the goal. Kukuda? With Tybert, yeah, with Tybert and uh, Miller on the, on the side. I accept that. We, you, <laughs> <laughs> I, like to see, I like to see them try It's a good different. experiment. I, 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 agree. Agree. Next year, I think whatever coach yeah. will be here next year, he'll want to see how Kakuta. I think one of the best uh, things that Kakuta has going for him, though, is that he can, can use the space that's behind a player... Uh, a, a behind a defender and, and exploit that by either looking like he's going to cut in or go around him and I no, think but, why not, but why not why not if you take advantage of the slow center backs yeah. then if you're going to do that and, and, and you can see those two forwards pulling people out and yeah. opening that space that would be excellent has Kakuda played much centrally that's, that was my first thought again and with the Austin Aztecs he did <laughs> Did he? he did he did play striker and, and played withdrawn striker with them oh cool good. Yeah. that's good to hear He's probably played more than Real Cooker's played right back. And no, no, <laughs> he's played. <laughs> no, that's something when Real came in. So here's the thing, right? Is that when he came in, if you had started him at right back from day one and put YP at left back, no one would have a problem with that because they would have never seen him at center mid. And we'd probably have the best back line in the MLS, right? <laughs> Good point. And he had played the whole season that way, which is what I was thinking would happen. And having Elaine play in that holding mid position, right? Which which is what they told Elan. Is it? They told Elan, you are going to... Martin Mc, I think Martin McMahon wrote that article because he had an interview with Elan. And I said, yeah, they told me I'm going to be the holding midfielder. So that's a... Which actually, was one of the mind-boggling things for, for Elan, I think. Right. So when I start, you know, day one of the season, and I have people, you know, it's all whatever opinion and argument but when I look at the starting 11 and what I have on paper and looking at that and going we have one of the top teams in the league that's what the frustration is for me you know because it's like we have you know Camilo and Kenny up top are still even though they've scored what one goal in six games is that what they've got between them but they're still they're still the top two scoring duo aren't they yeah so you're t- you've got that up It's between there, right? them and the Columbus guys. Probably. Yeah. And then, you know, you throw no, in Russell, no you throw in whoever in that center mid role, and you've got quite a, you know, you've got something there, right? And you've got YP, who, I don't know, I mean, people see him playing here and don't have any context of his history or whatnot, but he's not as good as he's been. I mean, he's a much better left back. You know, then he is a right back. I mean, that's my opinion, anyway. So why not put him there? Oh, I, yeah, you're right. When and and the thing is, is everybody was talking about like I know this is a long time ago, but when Jamie Peters came in, everybody was saying yeah. Peters on the right, the YP on the left. Of course, yeah. Jamie, Jamie Peters eating too many pies during the off season, but yeah. but we thought Peters was on the right, him on the left, and then we thought, wow, and then we put Rochat in the middle, and then you know, yeah, because you got YP on one wing, who's gonna do what? Pull the ball back to his left foot and cross it, and then you got this the Russell doing the exact same thing on this. You know why do you have two guys doing the exact same thing? It doesn't make sense, right? If you have YP winging down the wing and then crossing them in off his left foot from the end line instead of dropping YP it back twenty, 20, 20 yards right, out, right foot first though. But he swings it always no, in on his left yeah, foot. Yeah. Well, he's, let, he's, but he's, we've he's, moved away a little bit from the San Jose game, so let's just quickly wrap that up. Let's go around the table with predictions for a Saturday. Well, let's start with Zach. For, are we talking about the, the lineup or the score? S- score. Score? Yeah. And take into account that remember that Steven Lenhart and Rafael Baca are missing. Yeah, but Lenhart's but a then, big player this year anyway. Yeah. Right? But then, of course, they were games? FC Dallas was missing about three players too, and they yeah. still lost to them. So just take all of that into account when you're predicting the predictions. So we'll start with the positive. I would love to see us win 2 1. You would love to see us, but what do you think <laughs> we're going to do? My heart says we'll win 2-1, Michael. And what does your brain say? Go with your heart. Okay. (laughs) That's a win for the Whitecaps. Moving on to the less crazy, Stephen. Well, see, I still, like, you know, have hope that we win out the season and finish second to Real Salt Lake. But, uh, you know, my... My heart or my head. Exactly. I don't know why I send these hickory sticks. <laughs> Unlike Zach, my head doesn't listen to my heart in these situations, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be two one the other way. And Jay, I, I'm feeling a little pessimistic. Uh, maybe a lot pessimistic, and I think uh, I think we're gonna have a, even a tough time scoring a goal. 
because I think that there may be some more tinkering that may not work out. I think we might see Heinemann, and as much as I'd like to see that, I I don't know if Heinemann and Hurtado up front would really do the trick. <laughs> I think we're gonna get a we're gonna get uh, a two nil loss. And Steve, three nil Vancouver. Wow. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I think it'll. I think. I think they will pull out a point. I think it will be like a one-one draw. I'm. I'm going down to the game, and kind of wishing I hadn't spent all that money now. But <laughs> I'm not expecting much, and I think it'll be two 0 or three 0 to San Jose. So. So, on <laughs> so. So one other. One wait, other wait, thing. Are we supposed to follow this? No. 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 <laughs> So one other thing we we should look into that before the San Jose happens. Of course, we talked about the lineup and everything, but there is a potential for the well trades because the roster freeze is coming up on Friday. Do we see any potential movement within the league? Do, do we remember s- those summer tra- oh, no within transfers within? Because well, transfers we, by us. transfer windows are open, yeah. closed. So can't bring anybody else unless they're free. Do we say we're not from white caps? No. Um, no Matt no, Rennie has said he will look to see if there is a possibility for a trade, but it has to look good for long term. And Leonard Doozy said the same thing. Gonna be. Leonard Doozy said the same thing, so it's, it's obviously consistent. So, Matix, just throw that out there, as I have since April. Okay, so then say you're then uh, managing who who's uh, Columbus and you still have this dream that you might make the playoffs, right? What are you going to give away for Maddox? Igweed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to offer? A second round pick? Supplemental no, picks? No, we, we, we have to get a midfielder. For any trade, it's got to be for a midfielder. And I'm not sure who wants to give up midfielders just now. I'm thinking, are you maybe wanting to look at some of the teams that's not going to make the playoffs? Is Jeez. there anyone left at Toronto we could take? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> before, they, go down, before they ruin him. Before they, before they hire a competent manager. Well, Chivas might be interested. Maddox for Osorio straight up. <laughs> Can we get Eric Torres? Do we have enough nachos in Vancouver to pay his salary? <laughs> I would give them their 20. You take 20 players. Can and you 20, you decide. Do they, it's on Mon, is he not? <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I don't, can you they even... Can no, you can't trade it off. Do they, do they allow the robot no. at the Roxy? Or? The robot at the Roxy? That's a good question. I think anything goes at the Roxy. Would he go to the Roxy? So, any, I can't see any trades happening. No, nothing at all? No no, no bringing in the players? or They it, got that Ivory Coast guy. Or Coast Ivory... If 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 I if I see someone go, I would think it would be like a big surprise. Like it would be Camilo going for a team that thinks they're gonna win the cup and gonna throw out for Camilo and you know whatever they have to throw at us. Okay, what about, okay, wait, okay, Steve. It'd be a big Steve, shock. Steve, it won't be like Steve. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve. That's not gonna happen. Come no, on. No, I don't think it's gonna happen. No, no, that can't. Steve, this is this is more <laughs> than just about what's going on on the pitch. This is off the pitch as well. On the pitch. Okay, I know we were five back with seven games left or whatever, and there still is a chance, and so we need to fight for that. But also off the pitch, the season ticket renewal has just started. There's no way the club can, despite what we think about his form right now, or oh no, him he's the overall, face of the team. No, exactly. there's no way they trade him. Yeah, you'll be anger from all across Canada if you trade him to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean and the one guy I see possibly. Sorry, Michael. The one guy I see. Uh, that has some value if you look at just the stats is Jordan Harvey. If you deal Harvey and then bring in a left back from another trade or something like that, or yeah. play Lever in that way. No, that's what I say. I Sam don't see one of those. No, it's if, either a shocker or nothing. But that's my my idea. Get yeah. something for Harvey now. He scored four goals. He's almost like a golden boot for defenders or something like that, possibly. Is, uh, is he a five? Huh? Oh, five, four or five, whatever. Four, yeah. Well, the fifth was the LA save. Okay. Yeah. So we, so he's got because because <laughs> I think counting that. So is he? Think, I think because MLS is probably going to invent a trophy for like the golden boot for defenders or something like that. It's probably by oh, the end of the year. And it, and it comes so, with allocation. Money. Yeah, yeah. So Jay, who would you like to to get rid of? Who would I like? Who to get rid of? No, no, like immediately. Who, 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 who can be traded? Who, who do you think is a good trade option? <laughs> I I agree with you that I think Harvey has has value in the league. Uh, probably higher now than than a year ago or so. Or in the future. 
exactly since he has never taken on like David Beckham's pirate look that's right that really put his trade and he's the guy who we were told before first kick this year he will not be on the team yeah I I could see him (laughs) traded I just just thought you passed it sorry Christopher did an interview with him at training camp and I was like no he's going to get traded and we've never ran that interview the whole season (laughs) (laughs) I keep waiting for him to get traded I, I could see him getting moved. Um, the problem with that is that they've run themselves into a corner with their depth of fullback mm-hmm. that you can't trade either of yeah. those guys. I could see them no. looking to bring in a fullback. No, I say bring in a fullback, trade him out, and then that way you get a little bit more value. It, that's yeah. a big risk. Because that, that gives you more future value and you just get a cog in and just to play it, out the rest of the season. It's almost too bad they don't have this San Jose game first because if they lose it as well it's going to be like yeah good night Irene and we're talking about you know let's ship out whoever we can I I, I'm, I wouldn't hate it if Maddox got traded I also wouldn't hate it if Hurtado got traded um, because I think they're young players that you get something for that I think we have better perhaps in our club to yeah. support and to develop. I would trade Hurtado for sure. If that was the what I could do, yeah. I would trade him now while there's like the perception. He's a high draft pick, yeah. but he's not shown anything, right? I, and he's, uh, you know, he is, he's, uh, what's the guy? Astupian, stup- a Victor Astupian. That's who Hurtado is. Totally. Yeah, he's exactly Victor Astupian, right? Chivas, no six games, is. came in, oh. I'm going to score 30 goals, win Rookie of the Year, played six games, now I don't know where he is. Oh, so, so Darren Maddox from earlier this year, then. that's what you're saying. <laughs> Except that Darren, Darren is like a one-trick pony that there's a role for it in MLS. Yeah. Like he could be a bench, if he wants to accept his fate and be like the guy on the bench who comes on at 2-1 to one in the 84th minute, he's got a career, he's totally yeah. got a career, right? Definitely. So we've been a little bit doom and gloom, so I think it's time for a game. Let's play 30 Seconds to Mars. I need a Mars pirate spark to help me through the day. I need a Mars pirate tattoo for that helps me, makes me, longest to play, that helps me, makes me, longest to play, that helps me, makes me, longest to play, that helps me, makes me. So 30 Seconds to Mars is our game show element of the podcast where we had a few complaints from the people taking part the last time, mainly Zach, that <laughs> things things weren't done fairly. No. It might have been Jay that was complaining, well, I it, don't know. It was just whoever agrees with you most. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> but now that I know yes. the rules of the game, let's go. I know okay. What I know what no, I, I will explain No, but if you, sound, no if you sound like you're faking it just to get... To give the host pleasure, you're not going to lose points. Yeah, because it's like, I have enough of that with my wife. That's um, how it is. I'm glad you said it, because I was biting my tongue, so... (laughs) She does that as well. Actually, she bites other things as well, but let's move on. So, you're going to get 30 seconds each. There's three questions that we're going to go over. Um, 30 seconds, nothing more. Try and make as many good points in those 30 seconds. Doesn't matter if you kind of repeat what the person said before you. And the prize for all this is a Mars bar. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with a look at Rennie scenarios. Okay, so question number one, and we're going to have Zach answer this first because he was complaining so much in the last well, time. What? Well, see, he's already complaining. So what is the minimum that Rennie has to do at the, by the end of this season in order to keep his job? The scenarios are... Either missing the playoffs, making the playoffs in the number five spot and then losing, but losing, hosting the game in the number four spot, but losing, or does he have to advance past the first round? Zach, go. I think, I think that uh, he has to achieve the objective, which is to host a home playoff game. I think that's the the number one thing. So um, uh, to do that. We need to probably put another 12 to 15 points on the board, which is going to be the difficult part. Um, which uh, could be difficult if we keep on tinkering with the lineup. Um, which could uh, be difficult because we got away games in uh, San Jose, a more maybe even more difficult Montreal, 
and then uh, Seattle and Cascadia, which is going to be brutal, and uh, That's Colorado. It. So I think that was four things for Zach. Well, we'll add this up at the, oh, end the end of the year. This always goes better in my head, like a lot of things. Um, <laughs> when it plays out, it maybe doesn't play out as good. My wife last week when I was editing the podcast just said that the most insane random crap comes out of my mouth, which I'm thinking of using as a tagline for the podcast. We should make that into a t-shirt. Mm. Okay, again, Slamos, same question. Did you same question? Okay. What, did they, what does Rennie need to do? To, to keep make- his job. To keep his job, well, I think for sure he has to get a home playoff game, which isn't going to happen, so I don't think he's going to keep his job. I think he's going to be let go right after the season to uh, bring in a new guy to get the season tickets going. I think he needs to win the Cascadia Cup, which he's also not going to do. I think that he needs to uh, make a statement in the last uh, three home games by going balls to the wind and scoring lots of goals oh. and winning all three. That's it. Excellent points. And Jay? Uh, minimum, I think he has to qualify even if it's in the fifth position because the West is so much stronger this year than it has been. And it's been such a tight run up to the end here. Uh, I do think he can save face even if they don't make the playoffs, if they come back with a stunner and win the Cascadia Cup. Uh, but other than that, he it doesn't it doesn't look good. He's probably going to lose his job, and uh, even a, a home game, especially if he gets the home game in the fifth and they play poorly, it's going to look even worse. At home, home home playoff game, they're going to be in rough shape. Okay, we'll move on to the second question, and this time we will start with Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Who is the next... Well, obviously we all know that Sam Adekay we just recently signed. Who will be the next residency player oh, to sign man, with the team? kidding? Options. I'll give you some options okay. so you don't think But you can use much. your own. Yeah, I'll, give, I'll give you four guys or else you can pick somebody else off the board. Ben Fisk, Marco Bustos, Keons Froze, Jackson Farmer, or other. I think it's one of those four, but if, is there somebody hey, else? No leaving the witness. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So it's going to probably be Freud's or Bustos. Unfortunately, it should probably be Fisk, but I think uh, Ben at his age now is probably going to be looking for other uh, ventures and we're unfortunately going to lose him. So I think uh, Freud's probably has the advantage because he's a bit stronger, a bit more uh, man size for lack of a better term. But I think Marcos is going to be the bet. Marco is going to be the better player in the long run because he's bit more technical and tactful so uh, uh, yeah time good job Jay do you need those repeat? no I, I think I got it cool uh, I'm I'm also going to say that it's Marco for, for some of the same reasons I think Fisk is going to leave just because of the ridiculous MLS setup with how the your homegrown signings can work I think the club would like to bring in Fisk and pay him the money that he would deserve uh, however, there's just not the setup for them to be able to do it. And I think Marco is the type of player that we need right now. Even if he's a smaller guy, I think that's you want those those creative guys to come through your ranks. And a guy like uh, like Tybert, who isn't even the, the strongest guy in the world, and he can still excel. I need that different <laughs> bail. So, uh, are you getting the points, though? That's the... Well, I'm doing Steve's points. scoring points. So, I just like hitting bells. Uh, Zach. This is my belly. Your four choices or somebody else. Go. Okay, I think first off, I think uh, the words of some of our uh, more established professional players like Nadjari Coker in terms of we need to be playing more of our young players. Like he's already said, like Froze and um, and Marco, uh, you know, should be even playing already. Sam should be playing already for our first team because that's how it's done in the rest of the world. I, too, agree that Ben Fisk um, should have been a part of what we've been doing already, but this contract and all this kind of stuff is, negates him from that. Um, and uh, I would love I would love for it to be Marco. I think it will be Kians. But based on this goalkeeping discussion we have, I would love to see Marco Carducci be signed and, and start for us. Should have mentioned that. You can't go 30 seconds. You can't go past 30 seconds. What? You don't get any points past 30 seconds. You should have got Carducci in there under the wire. Okay, it's a game. It's a game. I'm no complaining. I'm not complaining. So we're going to go a little off. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Canadian national team in this third question. Oh, Woohoo! Oh, no. So 
The first two matches under Benito Floro uh, obviously didn't go as well. They lost to an uh, African team that I thought I remembered how to pronounce, but I forgot all of a sudden. Mauritania. Thank you. Uh, so this team did not even decide to try to qualify for the World Cup and they drew them and lost them. The question is, very simply, no big deal because it's only two training matches, first two games. Is there some concern or is it crisis alert? And, and Jay will be starting. Well, I think anytime you talk about the Canadian men's national team right now, you have to put an asterisk that it, it's always crisis alert because it's in such a complete disarray. <laughs> what The thing that I'll say is that it sounds like that they, they actually played really well today despite losing. That's that's helpful, but the, in the end, they got to score some goals. And they don't have anybody on the, on the, the team right now that can do it. It's going to be a transitional process with Floro. And it's going to take them some time to get figured out what's going on. They had a lot of really young players in the first game. And from what I understand, uh, one of the reasons Mauritania was was not ranked was ranked so low was because they didn't uh, ask themselves to be qualified for the qualifications. That's why I said they decided not to qualify. But that's what I'm saying okay. is why they were ranked so lowly oh, yeah, was yeah. because <clears throat> they, they decided not to. Okay, to gotcha. So, next question. Uh, Zach. Okay, I, I, I'm going to answer. Not to me, it's I'm not overly concerned at the moment about it. Uh, Benito Flora, I'm not super excited about Benito Floro in general because it seems like we've just gone and taken a, 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 a guy from a country that's popular, that's playing quality football right now, and it's kind of in the limelight. And I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I hope that what will happen is that he will, he will, even though he's old, will see this as a long term project. And in the long run, we'll be able to develop players and put things together. Uh, so these results right now to me are not significant. Uh, but I hope that the things will develop. And finally, Steven Slamo. Well, I'm not concerned at all because I think what uh, we've done is brought in a bunch of young players and changing the culture of having players want to play for Canada and doing that is, you know, giving them opportunities, right? If we had played uh, the Guzman and Hoyet at 17, 18 years old, they might be playing for Canada now. So I think it's a good strategy. I think in Australia, we'll see, against Australia, we'll see a bunch of new younger guys again who maybe haven't been seen before. Maybe we'll see uh, Froze. Maybe we'll even in a friendly give Camille or uh, Gersh a shot. Hey, good job, guys. Except for Gersh, not a little In a friendly? You... No, we can't play in a friendly, <laughs> man. We can't play in either. So let's get the points added up. Because so that went well again. I'm going to have to work on He's this. On I think the only issue was the ringing of the bell. Yeah. <laughs> so here are the results for 30 seconds to Mars. In third place, our resident playboy, Jay. Oh, oh that's two That's two in a row I've been third. Was it close this time? Yeah, it was very close. Oh, okay. Uh, point right. separating first, second, and third. Really? Point oh, separating like point, point, second, point, second, point for first, second, point to second, oh, third. Okay. So that's, three that's points enough. with it. That helps my ego. So, and in second place... Always the bridesmaid, Zach. So that makes yeah. Slamo our winner and the winner of the Mars Bar. Congratulations. Well, I think you all did very well. So you get a Mars Bar. You get a Mars Bar. Well, that really you finishes don't. my recognition. And I kind of want So the final bit of this podcast, let's just have a very, very quick look at the Whitecaps' season running. Seven mm. games left. How do you see them going? Are we going to make the playoffs? Well, how many points needed? How many do you think they're going to get? What, what, how many points do you think the Caps are going to need? How many do you think they're going to get? We'll quickly go around the table and just say yes or no. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Zach? Yeah, I think we're going to need probably 12 to 15. And... I really hope we get them and we make. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have faith until we're eliminated. So, that's so just how I roll. Montreal game then. Stephen, 
Well, I'll have faith until we're eliminated too, but uh, realistically, I'll say we need 14 or 15 and we'll probably get nine. I think we're going to finish eighth and get the second and fourth picks. That would be quite good. We could get another Eric Hurtado, G. That would be great. And if, <laughs> maybe we could trade up to get another Darren Maddox too. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs either. Um, and I think it all hinged on Dallas. We needed to keep ahead of them. You can't be chasing two teams. And that's we're we're chasing two teams right now, uh, one of Dallas or Colorado or I suppose even Portland would or you know could fall, but probably not two. I think it's done and dusted. So just Steve, let's continue the. Discussion. So I think they will need about eleven to twelve points, and I think they'll get ten, and I think it'll come down to the last day uh, when they'll all realize how badly they should have won that Chivas game. Yeah. Ooh. That was, I, I, that was painful, man. Yeah. I think we need to get to at least 48 points and so probably we'll actually 49 or 50. Mm-hmm. So, what we want just now? 37. So, yeah, at least 11, but probably 12 to 14 points. Don't think we're going to do it. We'll cover this in, in the second podcast that we're going to do, but I think the Whitecaps have basically just been a one month club this year, which is June. Take that out of the equation and it's just been a pretty poor season. I just don't see us doing it. For me, the big killer was actually not so much us losing in Dallas, but I think Colorado beating LA, that was just a final nail in the coffin. Five points to try and, and shut down is too hard. If it was just three, I think we could maybe have done it. We have to get some momentum going. I'd love to see it doing it because I'd kind of plan to take time off in November, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, last thing, we'll just quickly go around the table. Who do you think is going to make the top five places in the West? Let's start with you. I think it, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that Salt Lake is going to be the one to finish on top. Um, oh, uh, ahead of Seattle? Uh, yeah, just they, they have a lot of congestion leading into the end here. Um, and they have, I think, two more Cascadia games as well, which are always tough. So, even if you know, even our game in Seattle is uh, as pessimistic as I am. I think it'll still be a tough game for Seattle to play. I, I and I'm not really sold on Seattle at being a, the best team in the league. Uh, and I think Real Salt Lake is that good. So I, I think Real Salt Lake's at, at top. Seattle will finish second. Uh, Galaxy will finish third. Those are kind of the obvious ones. I, I think the Timbers are going to stay in. I know Steven doesn't really think they're that great. Um, and I think that Colorado will limp in, if I can use that, that term, just because I don't really think Dallas is that great. They've been, other than beating us at home, uh, they've been really terrible lately. So I, I don't think Dallas is going to do it either. So let's see Steven Stokes now. Well, I'm going to stay with the, well, no, I guess not the same four, because i got Real Salt Lake, Seattle, and L.A., so that's going to stay the same, and for many of the same reasons. I think Colorado's going to hold on to fourth, and I think Dallas uh, is going to overcome Portland. I just can't see Portland riding all those draws into the playoffs. Not even with their league DP now on the team? Well, I think, you know, that's the thing is I think next year he's going to lead the league in scoring because he's a former <laughs> TFC player and Portland's going to be near the top of the league if they uh, shore up their back line. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. And Ricketts, like I said earlier, has made about 10 saves. That's yeah. earned them about 20 points. He's and I think he's, he's not that good. I think Definitely he's yeah. done. He's not I as don't good think as he's going to make all those saves for the last, what, seven they have seven games left too, right? I think so. So I think Dallas is going to pull off. And I'll go further and I'll say that Colorado will win the play-in and then beat Real Salt Lake. Because I think they beat them a couple of times this I year. I think Colorado is going to... They actually they won their like, uh, Rocky Mountain, uh, Subaru, Rocky yeah. Mountain. Yeah. And I think Cup. with Torres and Sanchez, they're one of the best teams in Rocky the league Mars. right now. What have you seen that I haven't? Because the game that we saw against... Firepower. They looked pretty terrible. With I think with Torres and Sanchez, they have firepower from different angles, right? They have the Atiba, I'm a bull, I'm just going to ride the ball into the net. Then they have the creative side now that they didn't necessarily have before. And I think they can just score 
Not at will because it's soccer, but I can't see any team that can match them in MLS right now with firepower. And I think Irwin is, you know... Irwin's been one of the stars this yeah, year. And unlike Rick Ed's, there's no reason to think he won't continue to be other than he doesn't have a history of doing it for years, but he's not have a history of not doing it. Maybe we could so, add him as a fifth goalkeeper. Yeah. So we'll go to Steve now, because Steve's eager to, to pitch in. From Steve to Steve. So I think, uh, I think Seattle will take over the top spot, and they will catch RSL. And then I see LA in third. Uh, I can see Colorado in fourth, with FC Dallas in fifth. I think Portland, I agree with Steven, that uh, FC Dallas, I mean, Portland will drop a little bit. They'll lose two to Chivas. Zachary. Uh, I too am going to say our friends from Middle Cascadia are going to top the table. Easy with the word friends there. I don't think the Kitsap humans can do this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They got their slush fund. You're pretty pretty cheap with your friendship. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the rest of the league slush fund. Yeah, the slush fund. I'll have to introduce you to some friends from Seattle. I think Seattle is going to top the West, followed by Real. Uh, LA, and then I'm gonna go with either Portland in fourth or fifth, and Vancouver fourth or fifth. I think that is gonna be an epic Cascadia play-in. Cup play-in match that will be yeah, just incre- an incredible night. Excellent, and we just have to say bye to Zachary now as he's just riding out the door on his unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think Seattle's going to win. I think they're also going to win the, the whole Supporters Shield. They're going to be the best record in MLS. I just can't see them being stopped at the moment. I think Salt Lake second, LA third. For me, Portland's going to finish fourth. I really think they're, they're going to get some momentum back. I mean, they are playing the Whitecaps, so there's three easy points for them. Um, and they have two games against Chivas. So that's probably nine easy points against the two worst teams in the West. And I see Colorado coming in at fifth. In the play-in, I think Portland's going to to win that, and then you're going to have a Portland Seattle semi-final, and that's just going to be amazing. Look at two hundred thousand people in the. They'll the, probably have to play it like on the moon or something. Yes. It'll, it'll be like <laughs> the skies. There'll be all these nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they tear down one side of the uh, Sea Link or whatever uh, the park that they play in. What's yeah. it called? Century League? <laughs> Century League Park. And then tear open the Safeco and then just have people watching from Safeco oh, into yeah. the Century League. There'll be like 50, 300,000 people. 300,000. Yeah, you're, you're going to have like every, every, the whole population of Washington is probably going to turn up for that game, I think. Looking for tickets. And they'll sell it to everybody. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be fighting and winning. They'll sell it to dogs and cats. Yeah. They should just have it at Starfire and just open up everything. Just <laughs> buy all mass, the buildings like Woodstock, around. right? And then just have the trains like going by. Have the trains going no, by. Well, and you, you were people watching that, the summer. Yeah, right? But because, yeah. it, it, because it's Seattle and because it's Seattle in postseason, they'll lose in just a dreadful performance. Freddie Montero's not there anymore. They'll That's never, true. ever get into the... So the ladies are safe then. And then Siggy Schmidt will be like romping around and... Go, 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 go. <laughs> and on that gobble gobble image of Siggy Schmidt, which you, you have to try and find, he, he, uh, he looks like a factor. <laughs> and Thanksgiving's coming up, so who knows, the game could be around about Thanksgiving. He could get slaughtered for it. <laughs> so I think that's all the nonsense for, for this week. So let's just say goodbye to everyone, let everybody know where we can find you. Zach and all, we can find you trying to wave shoes in the air and whipping your top off, showing off that lovely, svelte German physique of yours. Yeah, as a part of the movement that is Curva Collective, at Curva Collective on Twitter, or at Zachary AM on Twitter as well. And Stephen, you usually have your shoes off? I usually yeah, have my shoes off, trying to peer around Zach, and, uh, and on Twitter, He's at uh, S-S-S-L-A-M-O. S-S-L-A-M-O. And if you have the Twitter handle Slamo with one S, if you could release that. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, you're someone that has your clothes off a lot. Yes. Um, Apart from in some sort of bored housewife's bedrooms, where else can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Duke and uh, in the prawn side, but don't come and talk to me during the game because I like my peace and quiet, which is why I sit there. None of these rabble rousers over in the corners. And do you get upset if someone doesn't wave to you? Uh, no. Well, the only time if anybody's waving anything in front of me, like a flag or any other sort of obstruction, it really bothers me. Yeah, I, 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 I can. <laughs> I pay good that. money for my tickets. I expect to watch a nice product. That's sarcasm, right? <laughs> I know because you don't expect to watch a good product with a white cap. So, oh. <laughs> so Steve, uh, where can we find you? Uh, uh, Jay forgot to mention that he also writes for AFTN Canada, which awesome. I do as well. And I forget so, that he writes for AFTN. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. And then uh, the, I also you can find me at, at Whitecaps Beat. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me online at AFTN Canada. You can read all our nonsense on Canadian Soccer News at AFTN.ca. And if you want to come down to the termite-ridden press box at Buckshaw Stadium, you can find me there on Saturday night. So until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. Take care. And come on, the Whitecaps. We can do this. Yeah, even I don't believe that. Good night, everyone. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.